Another Way to Play, Episode 5. Hey, this is Ashley Chapman, full-time real estate agent and investor. And if you want to learn to make the next chapter of your life better than the last, then you should be listening to Another Way to Play with my good friend Hans Strazina. Welcome to Another Way to Play, your wake-up call to finally make a difference by creating a life defined by freedom. This is about entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and industry professionals that have left the 9-to-5 rat race behind by taking that personal leap from where they were to where they want to be. It's time to stop going through the motions, stop hitting the snooze button on your life, and get the insight and inspiration to make the next chapter of your life better than your last. This is Another Way to Play with your host, Hans Struzina. Welcome to Another Way to Play. I am your host, Hans Struzina, and I believe that if you trade hours for dollars, you will never achieve true freedom in your life. Today's guest is Ashley Chapman, a really great friend of mine and a fellow real estate agent and investor. She's based down in San Diego, and I first met her when she was relocating from Washington State to San Diego to pursue her career in real estate. We were hiring her for the San Diego office of the company I was with. She just had a tenacity and a desire to succeed, and she was really coachable, so she's a fantastic person for the role we hired her for. Ultimately, she has now left that company and is on her own as an agent and investor and is doing some really big things down in San Diego. So I wanted to bring her on as a guest. A couple of the things she talks about in this episode, she will encourage you to ask yourself, what is it you show up for? Find something that you really resonate with, that feels right, that you know is right in your gut and go for it. She's someone who's absolutely committed bet on herself and she talks about how she's sort of burnt the ships and just made it uh, both physically hard for her to stop but also uh, emotionally and mentally hard internally and has committed to her goal of becoming a real estate investor. She also talks about having a plan like creating a plan, finding out how much money you need, uh, how much time you have to dedicate, uh, creating a time blocking schedule and how when she did that for herself it really made all the difference. So I'm really excited for you to hear all of her advice and some of the lessons she's learned in her career thus far. Uh, And before we jump into that episode, I just want to remind you that I would love to communicate with you directly. Um, So if you go down to the show notes, you will find my Calendly link. Uh, There you can get on my calendar and we can have a chat. I can get to know you, you can get to know me, and hopefully we can uh, together talk about some ways to make the podcast better and, and what's working well now and all of that good stuff. So I would really appreciate you taking a few minutes with me to get to know me and and give me some feedback on the show, as well as just connecting in general. So with that, here is my conversation with Ashley Chapman. So Ashley, thank you so much for being on the show and welcome to Another Way to Play. Appreciate you being a guest. Yeah, awesome. Super glad to be here. Thanks, Hans. You're welcome. Well, we've gone through your bio a little bit, so why don't uh, you take it back, build a little bit of context and tell everybody where your journey began? Uh, yeah. So, you know, I know, you know, being in real estate, it's, it's pretty interesting. So, uh, moved down to, to San Diego two years ago and really started, you know, cold Turkey in, uh, in San Diego in a new market, started getting into some foreclosure stuff and, you know, wanting to get my license down here. And everybody was like, you're crazy, whatever, what are you doing? And I, you know, I just didn't listen kind of head down, like actually met you, obviously you're 
one of the first people I met when I moved here and, you know, started some uh, cold calling stuff and have been here ever since kind of explored a lot of the short sale arena and, uh, you know, investment opportunities that that can bring. And, you know, you and I have shared a lot of ideas back and forth and, and you know, as well as I do that it's not easy to, to cold call and do all of those things, but I'm here now and licensed agent and have ventured into a little bit of, of everything. And quite honestly, it's, it's been, it's been awesome. So yeah, it's, you know, young in, in this market, it's, it's a little bit difficult. People don't really, they don't really blink an eye at you, but it's been a lot of fun. I've met some of the best people and I've learned so much being here and I'm thankful for that. Well, one of the main reasons I wanted to bring you on the show, aside from the fact that you're in such a short time, just being so entrepreneurial and just getting out there and getting after it in, in a variety of ways, um, but is because you moved to a completely new city, which in this case was San Diego, you know, kind of decided to like go all in on something new, uh, got in there, rolled your sleeves up and just went for it. And you really did a fantastic job from day one and just kept your foot on the gas, kept learning, kept growing. And then now we're sort of out on your own, both as an agent and as an investor. So can you talk to us about that mindset shift and sort of paint that picture for us about that move and then moving down and then finding the home company um, where we were both working at the time and then sort of that shift from whatever you were doing before into real estate? It's so interesting because I did come from a background of sales. I did um, sell cars up in Washington state where I'm from uh, Seattle, your hometown Hans. And it was so crazy because I'd never been to San Diego before I looked on uh, Craigslist. I just decided to make a jump. I signed a lease the next day after finding a place to live and I'd never been to San Diego in my life. Moved down a couple months after that and walked into my house for the first time without ever seeing it and you know set out to be in real estate full time and I just never went away from that goal was you know if you're going to be in real estate it really is a full time job. And so then I found the home company where, yeah, we were both working and I was an ISA and inside sales agent. And I was basically given um, a mentor, uh, Hans and (laughs) yourself. And I was brought into the foreclosure world. And uh, that mindset really is all or nothing. Because mm-hmm. if you are not all in on something that you want to do, it usually is a little bit more difficult because you're you're on call as an agent and mm-hmm. you're on call um, in sales, really. Mm-hmm. So the mindset was really based on if I'm going to do this, I have to do it full time. And that was spending four to six hours on the phone every day learning about foreclosures and learning about what it is that, you know, makes it such a different niche in real estate. And, you know, we really dialed in on getting those appointments, but also Mm -hmm. scripting. And I just learned really quickly um, through cold calling and, you know, working with you at the home company, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, the dialogue is extremely important. And moving down here, I didn't want to give up my mindset was I'm going to live in a box if I have to Mm. and make it happen 
as long as I possibly can. When we came down, we, you taught me so much about dialogue and, and stuff like that to really learn about what people's needs are and how to have those conversations. Because at the end of the day, it is about helping people and it is about making good decisions for everybody. So, you know, once we, we, we got into that, it was like, I'm here, I have to do it. And I'm going to do it until I have one penny left. And I definitely want to dig into that and to build the context. Like Ashley showed up uh, in San Diego in our, in our main San Diego office. I was up sort of running the, the office of one out of the Bay area. And then we were, you know, working together remotely. Um, and then obviously have met many, many times as a result of, of that company, but we were working together very closely just in different locations, which was really fun to get to know you in that way. And then obviously to see you grow from here, but, um, what she's talking about relative to the foreclosures is, is we at the company at the time were focused on helping people who, who had a notice of default or a foreclosure that they were dealing with and figuring out, you know, what their options were because most people get into a really bad place there and don't know what to do. Right. Um, and working through not only just the complexities of that problem, but also uh, the sort of therapy sessions that you had to go through with some of these clients relative to just denial and like, how did I get here and all this sort of thing. And, and then hopefully helping them sell or refinance or do something and pushing them and uh, helping them get in the right direction so that they don't lose their house. Yeah. And it was it was all in, it was all or nothing totally. And we had some really great successes, but also some failures where people just, you know, the bank only gives you so much time, unfortunately. And, and that's, that's a harsh reality. But going back to your mindset on your um, all or nothing, like you moved down there and you're like, and you said something just a second ago, like, I'm going to go until I, I have no more money. I'm going to make this work. Like, can you, explain that to us a little bit more and, and how it is that uh, that sort of manifested for you relative to the move and, and your start into real estate? Yeah. So it, it manifested basically, you know, when you say all or nothing, you know, a lot of people can say that, but, you know, moving down here, it was like, I came down here for one reason, which was to do and, and get into real estate and become um, in, an investor. And for, for somebody who doesn't know anybody, the only way that you can do that is by being all or nothing. And when I say all or nothing, it's simply put, you either go out and do it or you go get a job. And if somebody isn't very entrepreneurial or they don't have a huge background um, in financial literacy, it's hard to put that together for them. And for me, it was, it was kind of a short thing. It was like, I wasn't running out of money by any means, but at the same time, I knew this is what I wanted to do. I just wasn't sure how to get there. And so when I came with the home company, it was like, this is how I'm going to do it is by making cold calls and doing X, Y, and Z so that I don't have to live in a box and I don't have to do other things. I don't have to get a job because I didn't want to. It was all or nothing is being in the office at 9am and leaving at seven or eight and potentially getting some appointments that day or getting none. It really is a seven day a week situation to get to your long-term goal so that you don't have to live in a box and you don't have to do some of those things that um, as an entrepreneur, 
most people that I've talked to, and I'm sure you have as well, and and they they will do anything to get to that next level, whether it is going down to their last penny or not. And that is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, making mm-hmm. it, making it work. Um, so the mindset is simple. It's like go in and get it done and the results will follow. Mm-hmm. And man, there's so much there that I, I, I love. And one of the things I love about you in particular is just that drive to, to make it happen. And like, there's no wall too big to scale or knock down for you. And, and whether or not you get it on your first shot, you keep at it. How do you think you developed that just intense desire to like, I'm going to go around, I'm going to go over, I'm going to go through this wall, regardless, I'm getting to the other side. Like where did that come from? I really believe that came from my um, upbringing with a family that has multiple businesses and has a lot of, you know, entrepreneurship and shared everything with me at a very young age. And, you know, it's, it's something that when you see it your whole life, there's no other way, but Mm -hmm. it happened. And I've seen that since I was able to, you know, remember anything. It was just, it was either you do it or you don't. And until the work is done, there's no play. It's fantastic uh, way to approach it, certainly. And, you know, some people might look at that and say, yeah, that's, you got to commit. And other people would be like, ooh, that doesn't sound like very much fun. And you said something earlier, like you just got to go out and get it done or go get a job. You know, I don't, I don't know that there's necessarily anything wrong with having a job, but I, I think there's some real truth in unpacking that statement because you have to decide if you want to go out and be entrepreneurial, like what are you willing to commit to this? Like you said, it's a seven day a week. Like I was making cold calls all day, almost every day. And, and you were like the numbers were there to prove it on the, on the back end of Mojo. And you've decided sort of what this path is for you and what it's worth to you uh, to get to the end goal of being an investor and a, and a full-time agent. And you just decided like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to make this happen regardless of uh, what direction it, I need to go and get it done. I'm gonna, I'm just going to make it happen. And that's one of the things I respect the most about you is, is that tenacity. Can you, uh, since you've sort of grown up with this, get it done or not, or, or don't go play mindset. Can you talk about sort of mentorship and, and how that has played itself out in your journey? You know, clearly it started at home or with your family in some capacity, and then it has evolved from there. Can you talk about that and how you've have you used mentors and mentorship in, in your journey? Yeah, definitely. And um, I think the thing for me about the mentors in my life is um, it, it did start at a young age and I'm in, you know, completely thankful to my dad to be specific and my mom um, because they shared everything with me. There was no, it was very free, um, speaking environment, the the conversation was open. And there are times as, as a business owner that I saw when I was younger that, you know, you're going to lose money and you're also going to make money. But what happens is what you do with the money when you make it as far as how your business is going to go on in the future. And that mentorship, the free spirited conversation, that's the best thing that I've ever had because if my 
parents would have never talked freely about finances and mm. making the right decisions, whether they made the right decision or not, I would have never learned what it is I've learned up to this point. And to this day, um, you know, we all make certain decisions that determine something down the line, but I watched pitfalls. I watched certain things and I was educated on those. And that's the best mentorship I've had thus far because it's still, even in my adult life, are, those are still conversations that we have. And because nothing was hidden from me, it taught me a lot about how to go about certain things. And you're going to have failures, but you're also going to have successes. It's just what you do with that moving forward. So my family owning multiple businesses and watching that growing up was and being in that environment. And my, my father, you know, he, he really educated me on that and still to this day does the one mentor in my life that I can say, you know, I might not like what he says or what he said in the past or what I saw, but I know that he will always, always coach me through that. And I've had some other mentors, but there's nothing like a very successful person in your life to, you know, share what, you know, we, we still share ideas goes back and forth about decisions he's made in the past that formed it formed his mm -hmm. businesses now and how that how that really affects you and that is the best mentorship I can say that still goes on day to day and really changes the way that you look at things and that open conversation that reality of life that people need to see growing up really changes how you are in your adult life and the decisions that you make because I, I know a lot of people and, you know, obviously it's, you know, it's apparently taboo to talk about credit scores and all that stuff. But when you learn about it at a young age, it, it teaches you like this stuff is important. And to have that one mentor in your life to teach you that. And specifically, I'm so lucky to have my family teach me that. That was the deciding factor for me mm. and what, you know, helped me in, in my adult life. There's a quote that's coming to mind. Uh, as you were saying that, and it's something, to, and I, gosh, I don't remember who said this, uh, but it's something to the extent of like the quality of your quality of your life is directly uh, proportional to the number of challenging conversations you're willing to have. And it sounds like from a very young age, you were brought up having some challenging conversations, or at least coached through how to have some of them, both from a brutal honesty standpoint, but also a taboo subject around money and finance and failure and and you were exposed to that early on to the point that it clearly has set you up to be able to not shy away from some of those things and, and it sounds like that has been instrumentally successful or, or huge in your life to the success that you've had thus far in your in your investing in real estate journey correct um and the the thing is is it's, it is, you know, I, I, I can't stress this enough. You know, people are taught now it's everybody gets a trophy, but mm -hmm. really my family did not teach me that. It was, you don't get a trophy for everything that you do and you have to come to terms with the decisions that you make that either set you up or they don't. And mm -hmm. um, that was the, the hardest lesson I learned and I still learn today because I still make mistakes. I, I, you know, I lose deals. I make deals. I, 
Um, and constantly it's, it's, you know, it's a constant battle, but mm -hmm. it's also a learning experience. And it's like, yeah, you might get a trophy for, for making the deal happen, but you, you don't get anything if the deal doesn't happen. So mm -hmm. it, it is, um, I think it's very crucial to understand that you can't just go out and make a hundred thousand dollars. You know, if, if you go out and try to, if you go out and set a goal and you don't meet the goal, you don't necessarily get a trophy. I mean, you did the work, you did some of it, but how are you going to level up? So thinking about this participation trophy and this sort of visual of, you know, you, you didn't win the game, but yet there's still a reward at the end. When we're talking about investment properties or, or commission sales, like you either close the deal or you don't. Um, in your mind, and if, and if someone's listening to this and let's just say they're, they're working hourly or they're, they have a salary job, but they're thinking about getting into something entrepreneurial like real estate investing, um, what's one way uh, that you can you can identify for someone who's in that position that they need to uh, something that they should do to adjust their mindset or, or shift towards more of a commission uh, or binary pay scale in that way. I think ultimately it's what we went what we discussed at the beginning is going all in um, because having an idea is great, but you really have to set goals to execute that idea and make the amount of money that you want to make. And if it isn't structured and you're just kind of thinking about it um, and you don't put a plan together to meet that goal to get out of your nine to five job, which, you know, a lot of people want to do. Um, then it's not going to happen. So you really have to go in with a, um, with a mindset that just is all in. If it is staying at your nine to five job for six months, and then you can save X amount of money to leave and then go buy an investment property. Great. Then put a plan in, in place, a, you know, a solution based goal essentially is, is the way to do something like that and, and making it happen so that the end goal is met because um, having an idea, you know, you're thinking about the trophy, but you're not thinking about how to get to the trophy. And if the trophy is getting out of your nine to five job or being a real estate investor, then okay, great. Find somebody who um, is doing it and doing it at a high level. And then basically execute a plan, but set your goals and, and hold yourself accountable to that. Because if you set a goal for in six months and, and you know how much money you can save to get to that point, great. But then what are you going to do with it? So make a plan that sets yourself up for success so that your goals are met because without being able to track things, you're never going to get to that goal. You're going to mm -hmm. be you're going to be kind of in flux. And that's something that you actually really taught me in the beginning was that time blocking piece and that, that schedule, if it's not on your calendar and you say this the best, then it's not real. So if you're not doing anything to meet your goals and you're not tracking it, how do you know that in six months you're going to be able to buy an investment property without a plan? Mm. So it's, it's more so putting, putting the actual, put it down on paper and then go do it and, and hold yourself accountable to that. I'm a huge proponent of writing goals down physically. I got to do that every morning. Uh, 
as I'm doing some affirmations and some gratitude practice, as I write, write those down so that not only am I focused on them, but I'm, I'm bringing them into the physical world. And I think creating a plan for yourself, whether it's a a safety fund for six months of expenses uh, so that you can go out and do this entrepreneurial thing and not, and have a bit of a buffer, or uh, if it's a, a down payment on an investment property or some other kind of investment that you want to make, like figuring out where things are coming in, what's going out and then what's left over and then putting the plan together so that you need, you know what you need to do and adjust and tweak is, is fantastic and very practical advice. Cause I think it's something you and I did. And I, I talked to a lot of people about doing that as well. Right. And it's, 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 and at the end of the day, if you can't track something, it's, it's hard to achieve a goal without, without tracking the numbers. And, uh, you know, that's why data is so important and why all of these tech startups have, you know, they collect data for a reason. And mm-hmm. it's very important to follow that model. We've, we've talked about a lot of different um, advice, a lot of different strategies. Some of it works, some of it doesn't. What's one of the biggest success myths that you've heard up until this point? Oh my, yeah. <laughs> um, that's a good one because I think, uh, you know, in my opinion, and I know um, people disagree with this, but in, in my personal opinion, the biggest success myth I've ever heard is that going to college will all of a sudden create a huge opportunity for you. Um, you know, depending on, on your work ethic and, and where you come from, it could. But ultimately, I think it's the biggest success myth I've ever, ever heard. And uh, it's so interesting because, you know, we're all told to go to college, but does it really, does it really make you successful? Not really. Yeah, not, not necessarily. Cause there's, there's tons of examples of people who did some college, did all the college or did none of the college. And, and yet they can all be successes or they can all be quote unquote failures just as easily. It, it, it is more about the actions that you take once you leave that place and the skills you apply regardless of if you go to college or not, but the skills you apply or the value you go create in the world, that's ultimately a bigger determinant of your success or failure. And, you know, college may be a vehicle to get there and it may not be. I think that goes back to sort of knowing yourself, which is a theme that comes through this podcast pretty regularly is kind of knowing what I'm about, what gets me going, what's exciting, um, what are my strengths and weaknesses. And then the same thing with college, like, I've talked to a ton of uh, freshmen who are going in or or kids who are just leaving who've done the four years, who've gotten the degree, but they don't know themselves. So they're really still just as lost. Yeah, that's a fantastic myth. And I'm I'm glad you brought it up because I think it is interesting and and at very minimum worth a conversation. And it's not just a foregone conclusion. And I, I get a lot of flack when I bring that up too, but it, it's more about like what's right for the person in the moment as opposed to, you know, putting a blanket statement on everything and just saying, oh, you know, college is good. End of discussion. Yeah. And I think too, it's, you know, it, it, it's a vehicle and it just has to be utilized in the proper way and um, managed correctly because, you know, you don't want to go and go because everybody else is going. It's the same thing going in with a plan and then executing that plan, um, which I think is extremely important for 
whether you're in college or you're, you're not in college. So, um, yeah, it's just so interesting because, you know, you, a lot of people, it's great. Go to school, get an education, but it's not the end all be all. It's not going to magically get you the, the highest paying job when you're done. And a lot of people think so, but unfortunately that's, that's not how it is these days. Agreed. Yeah. It's, I, I think it goes back. You're totally right with the plan, you know, creating a plan for yourself and then going out and executing, uh, finding something that, that interests you in pursuing it and committing to it. That's another theme that comes out in this, in this podcast a lot is the people who ultimately were really successful committed. They found a route and they did it and they, they found something that not even the first try, they eventually found something that aligned with their core and who they were and what felt right to them, listened to their gut and then committed and committed for a while, not just a month, not just a couple weeks, but really like a year, two years, five years, you know, and, and really got deep into the weeds on it and, and made it happen that way. And it sounds like that's what you're suggesting in this case. Yeah, I would suggest more that, um, you know, if, if you're going to go out and do something, it's, you know, put the plan together and, you know, put a plan together on how you're going to get the high paying job. Don't just get the degree because it is still similar to our business networking and presenting yourself in that way to be able to get that high paying job. And it still takes work. And after you're done with the schooling, you still have to commit to learning and putting yourself out there and and going and doing it no matter what what's the what's the saying in sports it's like uh hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard right yeah (laughs) that's so true very very true yeah and i mean i i think you know a lot of a lot of people that i know but i was definitely that kid who just worked really hard i wasn't necessarily the most talented basketball player or football player but i just always flying around the field, flying around the court, working really hard. And eventually I aligned myself with a sport that I was sort of naturally built for, but also really loved and then applied that hard work. And it, and it took me to the Olympics ultimately. And I think the same thing is true is again, finding what just lights you up. And for you, that was real estate. And you're just like, yep, this is what I'm going to do. Come hell or high water. I'm going to get in the Southern California market. I'm going to go make a name for myself. I'm going to learn this business and I'm going to commit and do it. Yep. Yeah. And it, I mean, it, it goes, it's, it's that way for everything, whether you're 16 years old in high school, getting ready to apply for colleges um, or, you know, 30 years old building a business from scratch, but you have a college degree. It's the same fundamentals for everything. It all goes back to the fundamental of how to get the business done. And that's doing the activity, but putting in the work to get there. And I think that's really important. Something that you've um, displayed. I mean, we've known each other now for a couple of years and it's, um, you know, it's just amazing because it's, you know, you're, you're a great example of that. And something that, you know, especially when I came here, it was like, I really wanted to mimic that it's that successful schedule. And it, it does create a really, really good opportunity for you as long as you are willing to learn. And Mm -hmm. no matter what stage in life you're at, it's, it's all the same fundamentals. It goes back to, um, the foundation of how are you going to do it? So, Thinking back to your journey, 
you know, we're getting towards the end of the time, but I'd love to hear your answer to this question before we wrap up. If you had to go back in your journey and there was something that you would do differently or, or change, uh, is there anything and, and if so, what is it and why? Yeah. So, um, you know, ultimately uh, I knew uh, when I graduated high school that I wanted to get into real estate. I just wasn't sure about how I was going to do it because I, I didn't make a plan. So I kind of followed what everybody else was doing and I went to college and knowing everything that I know now about business relationships and growth, I would have never went to school. Um, I would have just went straight into real estate out of high school, which you know, I think a lot of people would very much so disagree with that statement simply because it's an experience and a lot of people, you know, thrive on experiences. And, and yeah, I definitely learned a lot, but um, I went to school, you know, similar to kind of yourself is I... I wanted to play sports and I had scholarships to go to college and, and play volleyball and, and do some of those things. And I was a horrible student. So there was no real reason for me to be there because I never went to class. I never, I, I, there was no reason for me to be there. It was like, yeah, I had a bunch of scholarship money. And so, but I, I never showed up. Um, I only showed up to practice and I only showed up when I wanted to. And I show up in my business and I show up to making deals happen and going through that and in this experience and being in real estate here in San Diego, it's, it's almost like I, I should have never went to college because I, yeah, I, I would have been further along in my business and I don't have any regrets at all. Everything happens how it's supposed to based on the decisions that you make. But I definitely. I knew when I went, it wasn't me and that I was an entrepreneur and I was a C average student. So I was banking on having all these scholarships and doing all these things and, and playing sports, which was great. I got to, I got to see a lot of stuff, you know, play sports in college. Woo. That's so exciting to a lot of people, but, um, it didn't, didn't do anything for me. I didn't learn a lot because I never went to class. So I should have followed and I wish I would have, but you know, it is what it is now. I wish I would have followed my entrepreneurial spirit at the time when I graduated high school, because I, you know, it's, it's, I, I show up for, for meetings. I show up to make deals happen and I enjoy that. And I didn't enjoy going to class and I didn't enjoy some of those things. And it would have made a huge difference in, in where I'm at and where I could go. But ultimately, um, you know, it's putting in, it's almost like I feel like I'm putting in double the work now because I'm like, Oh, I got to catch up. But mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a lot more, it's a lot more fun. You know, y you love your job and you hate your job sometimes. And that's everybody in every job. But I just, I knew I wanted to show up for, for a career and not for class. And I should have done that a long time ago. Mm. What do you show up for? I think that is a really nice way to put it. It's, it's so true because we, we as sort of a collective group often feel 
obligated to do things because either we don't know what else to do or we feel scared to do the thing we really want to. So we just sort of water it down and, and go the route that's uh, path of least resistance rather. And you're saying that in retrospect, you would have rather listened to the thing that you ultimately wanted to do and just bet on yourself and go for it um, rather than just do what other people or what you felt like you maybe were supposed to do. Yeah, I think um, when I say I show up, um, in college, I showed up to practice because I hated school and I was there for the wrong reason. And mm-hmm. when you are in business, and college is also, it, it's still the same. It goes back to the fundamentals. When you put a plan together, you show up regardless. And when I say that, you know, people love and hate their job at the same time, I have days where I don't want to show up, but I still show up because I have to, because I want to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And in college, I didn't want to make that happen for myself. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, yeah, you, you definitely have escrows fall out and you have deals fall apart and you have things that happen um, where you don't want to show up and you make your own schedule. So it's easy to say, well, I don't have to go. But those are the times that you, you do show up. And when you want to, even though it's hard, it's really important because it, it shapes your business. You do the things that you don't like to do sometimes to get to the end goal because you're following the plan. And I wasn't, I wasn't following that structure in college and I wasn't, I wasn't putting that together for myself. I was like, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to go into real estate anyways, because I knew I was going to, I was just there and I wasn't showing up. Mm-hmm. The difference is, is very simple. When, when you're doing something that you know is going to change your life, you show up anyways. Mm-hmm. And because I wasn't doing that in college, it, you know, that opened my eyes. It was like, okay, well, here, this is what we have to do. I, I show up even when I don't want to. And, and I think that is true entrepreneurship. That is, this, that is the definition of true entrepreneurship is showing up when you don't want to. And then also showing up and executing when you do want to, because it all makes a difference. That's all absolutely fantastic advice. And I, Really appreciate you sharing all of that because I, I think it's it's not easy to, to step out and bet on yourself, but I think it's um, one of those things that if you do it and you take the leap, uh, you'll be, first of all, surprised with the results and a lot happier in the end, regardless of whatever happens in, uh, to you along the way. We are getting to the end of the time, so I do want to transition us into uh, the final segment of the show called the Focus Five, which is the same five questions that I ask every guest on every show. And I'm really excited to hear your answers, Ashley. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Fantastic. So first question is, what book have you recommended or gifted most often? Oh, this is a great question because it was the book that you gifted me. Oh. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Uh, The Morning Miracle. um, Or excuse me, The Millionaire Morning. So that book is uh, a great, great book because it is, it's, it's the same thing about the fundamentals. It goes back to that and something that, you know, I know people talk about reading books. I can be honest. I probably read between two and four books a year. Um, But that one in particular really, you know, when, when we talk about the, the fundamentals and putting a plan in place, that book 
for other people wanting to start a business or, you know, put a plan together really puts into perspective how to go about doing that. Awesome. Uh, if you could get an hour of somebody's time, past or present, live or dead, and ask as many questions as you wanted, who would that person be and why? Ooh, so that person would probably be, um, this is very interesting, uh, John McCain. Hmm. And not on a political aspect, um, but on an experience aspect. Um, because that's, that's a person that uh, just has seen and gone through a lot and something that um, would be very interesting to be, would be very interesting to hear about those experiences for sure. That's the first uh, John McCain answer and that's a fantastic reason for it. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, you, you may have already answered this, so I don't know if you want to uh, change your answer here, but what's one thing that you believe most people would disagree with you on? <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, don't feel of- like you have to change your answer. You can stick with the same thing we've talked about already. Yeah. So I think the, you know, the thing people disagree with me the most on, and this, this is also touches on something I've already talked about, but um, more, more people. And nowadays I I was taught differently. So I have a different aspect. I would say they would disagree with me on, you know, going to work before playing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of people nowadays have the mindset that they want all of this freedom of going out and doing whatever they want, potentially, um, you know, not having a plan in place and, and, you know, being, being free spirited, which is great. Um, but we all have to have something to get us there. And, uh, I think that it's a privilege to be able to go and see the world and do certain things. And we all get the same opportunity and we all should capitalize on that. Um, and moving forward, I know a lot of people disagree with that. They kind of want to go do whatever they want. And they think there's no repercussions, mm. but I, I, I believe that there are. So you've talked a lot about putting a plan in place uh, and you, and you also brought up miracle morning. Uh, give us a glimpse of your morning routine and, and how you've structured that for yourself. So my morning routine um, is, is pretty simple. It's been the same. I know we've talked about this numerous times off the show. My morning routine never changes. I get up between four and 5 a.m. and go to the gym. Um, I'm usually one of five people there because <laughs> it's so early. I come home, I make breakfast, I put together um, on paper what my day is going to look like, uh, you know, according to my time blocking that I have for the week and kind of decide, you know, the, the top five most important things that need to happen right away. And mm. then you know, how to prepare for either appointments or prospecting for that day. And it is that way every single day, even on Saturday and Sunday. Fantastic. Well, Ashley, this has been really great. Thank you for being on the show. Where uh, can the guests in the audience contact you online the most? Facebook is the easiest way to contact me. I definitely um, network with a lot of people on Facebook as well as off of Facebook. That is where I like to connect with people because it's 
you know, also about building relationships and, and learning about other people's businesses and how I can support them. I will drop a link to your Facebook page in the show notes. And uh, if people want to connect with Ashley, learn about her agent practice or her investing, uh, that's the place to do it. And Ashley, again, thank you for being on the show. It was a real pleasure and an honor to have you on. And as maybe, maybe we'll have you back in a year or two once you've um, taken over the Southern California real estate market. Thanks, Hans. I am super excited to be on. So yeah, let's, uh, let's connect after this and, and keep talking. Awesome. Well, again, thank you, Ashley, and uh, we'll sign it off for now. And that does it for today's episode. Hopefully you enjoyed my conversation with Ashley. Uh, If you want to connect with her, I've linked her Facebook profile in the show notes. So feel free to uh, go send her a friend request or a DM and uh, she'll get back to you over on that platform. While you're down on the show notes, uh, take a look for my Calendly link because again, I would absolutely love to connect with you directly, uh, find out who you are, uh, learn a little bit about you. Hopefully you can learn a little more about me and uh, together we can talk about how to make this podcast even better. So uh, without any further ado, I'm going to sign it off. So this is Hans Strazina, host of Another Way to Play. And remember, make every chapter better than the last. Thanks for joining in for this episode of Another Way to Play, making the next chapter of your life better than your last. For more insights and inspiration to help you make that personal leap, be sure to engage with Hans on social media and get your questions answered right here on the show. Reach out to Hans at Chief SNAH on Instagram, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Another Way to Play.